Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. Today's episode is going to be on the tough questions in recovery. There's a lot of tough questions asked of you. In my experience, you have to find answers. In order to remove the obsession to want to change the way you feel, in order to find an identity, in order to have meaningful relationships in your life, these questions need answers. And when I first came into the rooms, when I first was given that gift of pain and desperation, and I crawled my way in, and my sponsor sat down with me and he asked me these questions, man, I didn't have an answer to not even one of them. So for everyone out there who's listening right now, these questions, I want you to think honestly. I want you to really think about if you can answer them. And in order to answer them truthfully, there has to be some action associated with the answers. Because I could answer a whole bunch of questions, but if there's no action behind it, nothing's really changed. Why do you do it? Why? Why do you do it? And for a lot of you out there, your friends and your family members who are normal people who don't have the allergic reaction, who don't have the obsession of the mind, who don't get the physical allergy, the craving once we put a substance into our body, they just don't get it and they never will. So you hear all the time, why do you do it? Who are you? If I asked you right now, who are you? Could you tell me? Do you have an answer? Who are you? What's the solution? We've identified there's a problem. What's the solution? Do you have an answer? Have you applied it? What's the solution? Could you tell me? If I asked you right now, what's your purpose? What's God's will for you? Could you answer it? Do you know? If I asked you, do you forgive yourself for the horrible things you've done in the past? Hurt people hurt people, man. In addiction, we hurt the people we love the most. So what happens is when I get sober, I feel that again. I feel horrible about the things, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the remorse, the regret. It's all there. And I hate myself for it. Do you forgive yourself? Truly, do you forgive yourself? There's so many tough questions asked of you. These are just a few that are most important to me. And I had to find answers to them. How was I able to do that? I'm going to share my experience with each one of those questions. I'm going to talk about what it was like for me. How I was able to do it. The actions that were put behind it in order to get a result to apply these things to my life, to become part of who I am, to truly mean when I give you an answer and the things that I say about them, they're meaningful and they're real. So why do you do it? People ask you that. Why do you do it? And for the longest time, I would tell you it's fun. But the facts are it hasn't been fun for a really long time. It was fun in high school. 
I tried to relive high school for 20 years. It hasn't been fun for a long time. The multiple prison sentences, being away from my family, hurting the people I love the most, and everything that comes with addiction. The obsession, all the things that you have to do in order to continue the behavior, none of that's fun. None of it's fun. So why do you do it? And I didn't have an answer. I remember the first time I sat down with my sponsor, he asked me, he said, Jason, why do you do it? Do you know? It talks about that in, the, in There is a Solution in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says in our hearts, we really don't know why we do it. And I didn't have an answer. It wasn't until I worked an honest and thorough four-step that I was really starting to identify some things, man. I was starting to identify what the fact is, is that I was consumed with resentment, but the resentments were all my fault. I was the one to blame. It was my fault. I start to look at the past and all the things that I've done through working a four and a five, and I start to see all these things on paper. I start to look at all the fears. I'm completely consumed by fear. Remember, guys, drugs is not and alcohol are not the problem. They're the solution to the problem. The problem is my thought process and the way I handle my emotions. So like I said, I would get sober. For whatever period of time, my emotions would return. I would feel again. I would think about all the horrible things that I had done. The guilt, the shame, the regret, the embarrassment, the anger, the self-loathing. I hated it, but I didn't know what to do. Drugs work. They always work. Don't think, don't feel, don't care. And that became the solution. Over a prolonged period of time of going through that cycle of a spree, I was able to create so much chaos, so many negative emotions, so much pain. And the only solution I had was drugs and alcohol. That's why. That's why I kept going back to it. In order for me to not go back to it, I have to find a new solution. That's another question we're going to talk about next. I had to address those issues. I had to repair those relationships. I had to see the, the fatality of resentments. I had to have some tools in order to work on them. I had to look at my fears. I had to look at the horrible relationships I carried. I had to look at the harms that I had done to others. Through working eight and nine, I was able to clean up the wreckage of the past. I had to do those things. So I started to treat those negative emotions. That old me faded off. And the new me, I like. The past doesn't hold power over me anymore. But why do you do it? Our childhood plays into things. Some people have traumatic things in their childhood. The harms that we've done to others. These questions are for you to answer. Why do you do it? If you don't know why, you keep repeating time after time that desperate experiment of that first hit, that first drink, that first shot, then we got to get to work. So what's the solution? In order to, to want a solution, I have to identify that there's a problem first. And the easiest way I could help you to identify if there's a problem in, in your life, are you experiencing negative consequences from your drug use, from your alcohol use, but you still do it anyways? Continued use despite negative consequences. If that's a yes, 
Do you have poor control over stopping? If that's a yes, we got to find a solution. Do you have poor control over the amount you use? These are just the telltale signs that there's a problem in your life. Are your relationships failing? Are you in financial turmoil? Is your life unmanageable? Can you manage any of it? Is anything going right for you? Then we got to find a solution. So what's the solution? You know, there's multiple paths of recovery. You know, my experience for working in the treatment field, I work at a treatment center. You know, my experience is there's tons of paths of recovery. Just because I work a 12-step path doesn't mean that I don't understand that there's multiple paths out there. I'm familiar with all the different paths. I've read multiple books. Every single book, every single path of recovery is really similar. Just a different delivery. So I encourage you, if you don't know what the solution is, and you've identified that there's a problem, you don't know what to do, and you can't answer that question, find a path of recovery that works for you. My path is a 12-step path. That's what I gravitated towards. And I found the solution there. The solution is working the steps. But the solution starts with steps one, two, and three. Admitting there's a problem that once I start, I cannot stop. I'm completely powerless over that. I have no willpower. I've lost the power of choice. I can't not not do it. And once I do it, I cannot stop. And the physical craving kicks in. I want more and more and more. Once I've honestly admitted that to myself and I fully conceded in step one to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic and addict, there is no other way for me, I was able to begin to start to live in the solution. And that leads me right into step two. And I come to believe and I start to believe in this higher power. And it's just the very beginning of developing this relationship. I identify what this power is. I might not completely understand it. I might not completely fully comprehend it. But I'm admitting just the possibility of it. That it could restore me to sanity. So it's important for me to, as part of the solution to be able to understand how to apply this power in my life. So I start to list some spiritual characteristics I want to live by, some morals, some values, these beliefs that I want my actions to reflect. And in doing so, that leads me to step three, making the decision to turn my will in my life, my thoughts and my actions over to care of God as I understand him. And what I'm deciding to do is put some real footwork in. It's a 50-50 relationship. I have to do the footwork on a day-to-day basis and I have to have faith that my higher power will take care of the outcomes. And through awareness, that belief turns into an experience and an undeniable fact that there's a higher power who works in my life and performs miracles on a day-to-day basis. That is the solution. Through working four and five and doing the rest of the steps and having a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening and being able to help others and figuring out why I do what I do through four and five, creating an identity in six and seven, Rebuilding the relationships in 8 and 9. Maintaining 10, my daily awareness of how I act on a day-to-day basis. 11 is maintaining my spiritual fitness. And 12 is helping others and carrying the message. That's the solution, but I have to apply it long enough for it to, to, to be lasting. So it's not relief, it's recovery. What's your solution? Do you know? Do you have one? 
Are you working a program? If you're working a program and you still can't answer that, we might need to redouble our efforts. We might need to ask some questions. We might need to get a sponsor. We might need to get those feet moving a little bit quicker. Got to have answers to these questions. If I asked you, who are you? Could you tell me? Who are you? Do you know? Man, I remember when I was asked that question. It was the second time I met with my sponsor and he said, Jason, tell me who you are. And I couldn't tell him anything. I just couldn't. Today I know who I am. Today I have an identity that I could be proud of. Today I've been able to obtain character assets and apply them long enough through consistency, which has created habits, which I've started to obtain these things. How does that happen? By getting my feet moving every day a little bit quicker. We could all agree that the odds of recovery just aren't in our favor. They're just not. Whatever you choose to believe, that's completely up to you, but we all could agree that they're not good. That we're doomed. So that tells me that every single day I got to get them feet moving to make sure that my actions reflect the one who's going to make it. And on a day-to-day basis, when I wake up in the morning, I remember that I want to be that one. I want to live today. I was able to create an identity through working the steps and figuring out who I was by really looking at who I didn't want to be, who I'd become, by putting these things on paper, by looking at the opposite of these character defects that I had, because that's all I had when I came into recovery. I wanted to be honest and loving and committed and tolerant and forgiving. I wanted to be sober. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to have meaningful relationships in my life. I wanted to have a purpose. Through answering that second question that we just talked about, about what the solution is, and through working the steps, and through having a higher power that entered into my heart and my life and performed a miracle, through identifying in step two those character assets, these morals, these values, these beliefs that I wanted to obtain that I could never do in my own willpower, my actions showed that year after year. Through doing that, I was able to find out who I was. Today, I'm a loving, sober father who uses his natural-born skills, given skills, to lead, to inspire, to motivate, to help others, to contribute to life, to be a good man. This program taught me who I am and what my purpose was. Today, I have an identity I could be proud of. At the end of the day, when I know I haven't harmed anyone, when I know I've kept my commitments, when I know I've packed things into the stream of life instead of taking, when I've contributed to the relationships in my life, when I've taken action all day, when I've worked hard, I've done the best of my abilities. At night, when I put my head on that pillow, I don't want to change the way I feel. Because I know who I am today and I like who I am. Do you forgive yourself? That might be the toughest question of all. Do you forgive yourself for the horrible things that you've done in the past? For the harms you've done to the people you love the most? The shoulda, coulda, wouldas? 
continuously doing the same things, the insanity of this disease? Do you forgive yourself? How do you do that? It's real easy to say, yeah, I forgive myself. I remember when I went to Crossroads, the 16-day program I did over there. I did a 16-day program. I thought self-knowledge would fix it. Thank you for the information. 16 days, good to go. And it didn't last. But I remember I was sitting there. My my wife, my pregnant wife who loves me. To, to Man, she came to see me. I had started to work these steps, kind of. I started to figure out a little bit about why I was doing the things that I was doing. And I started to understand these negative emotions that consume me. The problem was I didn't do it long enough to get a result. But what I did find out is that I hated the person I had become. And that the drugs were the solution to that feeling. And so my wife asked me, so why do you keep doing this? It's not fun. This isn't fun, babe. And I told her, well, I just can't forgive myself for the things I've done in the past. But I know that now. And she said, do you forgive yourself? And I said, yes, I do. But I hadn't done anything. That requires action. The reason why step 12 is so important to carry the message to another alcoholic, to another struggling addict. The first page of working with others says nothing so much will ensure immunity from drinking and drugging than intensive work with another alcoholic. And I'll tell you why that's so important. That's how you forgive yourself. To utilize your past as your greatest asset. To talk about all the things that you've done in order to help somebody else. You start to attach to those things that brought you such pain, such self-loathing, so many different negative emotions and character defects and fear and resentment, self-resentment. You start to attach them with gratitude. Just a little bit. When I'm able to sit down with somebody who shares a fourth and a fifth step with me and all these horrible things, and I'm able to say, me too, right then and there I become grateful that I did those things. My past becomes my greatest asset. I don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Today my past, I use time and time again to help others. I don't live that way. I can talk about it freely. I'm not that guy anymore. I continue to live in my higher power's will. I continue to do these things on a day-to-day basis. But if you're like me and you've done a lot of harm, you've done a lot of harm year after year, every relationship that's ever came in your path, you're involved in it and hurt people, hurt people, and you continue to harm others, it can be extremely difficult to forgive yourself. So it's going to take a lot of service work. It's going to take a lot of times of you talking about these things, utilizing your past to help other people. And over a period of time, you can truly say that you forgive yourself. These are just some of the, there's so many tough questions you have to answer. There's so many tough questions that require answers that gives you the ability of, of working in a program, of finding a path, of taking action. And in finding those answers, you find a better way of life than you could ever have imagined. Today, I get to experience that on a day-to-day basis. Why do you do it? Do you know? Could you tell me? How? Who are you? What's your identity? What's God's will for you? Do you know? Do you have an answer? Truthfully? 
How'd you do it? What's the solution then? What's the solution? Do you know? Could you tell me? Do you forgive yourself? These are the questions. And I wanted to speak about those today because it's a constant theme and every single guy I've sponsored at least 100 guys by now. And I always ask them those tough questions in the beginning. And the facts are that nobody has an answer for them. That's just the facts. So if you can't answer them, what are we going to do about it? I hope these questions made you think, if you think honestly, and inspires you and it motivates you to want to reach out for help. That's always just my goal. Find the answers.